0: Welcome to Divorce and Other Things You Can Handle, a branded podcast from Worthy. I'm Jennifer Butler and I'm your host. Making the decision to leave a marriage is not an easy one to make. There's probably a million reasons to stay and a million reasons to go. The confusion can feel overwhelming and may leave you in a state of non decision for far too long. How do you make the decision though? Should you stay or should you go? Kate Anthony is here with me today to talk in detail about this very question. Kate is the host of the Divorce Survival God podcast. She's a certified life coach who helps women decide if they should stay in or leave their marriages and then she guides them through the divorce process should they choose to leave. Kate empowers women to find their strengths, passion and confidence even in the most disempowering circumstances, and helps them to move forward with concrete plans, putting their children at the center, not in the middle of all decisions. In addition to her certification, Kate has also been trained as a relationship coach, and she's widely known as an expert in communication, co-parenting, and emotional intelligence. Welcome, Kate. I'm so happy to have you here I am so happy to be here with you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we can share that it's been a little bit of a technology breakdown, so we're just <laughs> very grateful to be here together. So <laughs> grateful. <laughs> oh, my it's gosh. A
1: miracle. It's a mercury retrograde miracle. There <laughs> we go.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Miracles do happen. This is proof.
1: They do, especially when you've got, you know, two amazing women coming together and Talking about important stuff like this, exactly, making it happen,
0: yep <laughs> so who is Kate? Share with us who you are and why you're so passionate about the work that you do?
1: Yeah, that's so multi-layered. Well, I mean the first thing I think that is important to know is that I'm a divorced mom. <laughs> so I've been divorced for ten years. um I have a fourteen year old son, and I you know, I was thinking about this. I think if I'm honest, I probably spent about, I was married for 10 years or Mm -hmm. was with my ex-husband for 10 years. So I probably spent most of the time that I was with him wondering if I should stay or go. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. I remember when we were getting married and I used to call, I would call my friend and I'd be like, I just want a burning bush. I just want someone to tell me that this is the right thing to do. Yeah. I look back on that now and I think about that now and my heart breaks like just breaks for that woman who didn't know mm. that that wasn't okay, right? Who didn't yeah. know that you shouldn't be questioning that on the eve of your wedding. You know, you must have been young though. Yes. Um, I was 32 when I got married. So I'm 48. Now I'm, I'm so no secret. I, <laughs> I talk about it a lot. So I really did spend, I spent a good 10 years uh, with that question. Hmm. And secondly, you know, the other thing, so the first time I'm a divorced mom who's sort of been through this. Mm -hmm. And secondly, I am a certified coach and this is what I do. And, you know, I am so passionate about this partly because of looking back on my experience, right? That, that heartbreak that I have for that woman that was suffering so badly. And I, my heart breaks for any woman, who is struggling and suffering with this question? Because I know how hard it is. I know what it's like. And I know the, you know, the root of it really, right, is our own self-esteem.
0: Yeah. And our
1: own, like, is this all I deserve? Is this all there is? <laughs> Am yeah. I being too needy? Am I expecting too much? Like, have I been overly Programmed Mm -hmm. by Nicholas Sparks and fairy tales, right? right? (laughs) Exactly. Or is, or is like, is it my expectation of what marriage should be, or is it my actually my marriage? Right? Yeah. Is it me? Is it him? Right? And so, I'm most passionate about helping women find that place and empowering them, right? And about helping women find and hold their incredible power and worth. And I can say that, right? And it can sound sort of trite, right? Like everybody Mm -hmm. wants to empower women nowadays. Like that is just like everybody (laughs) talks, right? And so it's like, blah, 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 right? But I really believe that there is this incredibly deep work that we have to do as women to get to that place, right? It's actually not trite at all because it is actually in direct opposition to all of the systems that we exist in Mm -hmm. that are set up To work against our empowerment, right? So for a woman to push off the constraints of the patriarchal structures that are like really binding us, truly binding us, and stand in in her true power is an act of incredible rebellion. It's an act of revolution.
0: Yeah. Well, and it's an act of self-love. Like what is so standing out in what you're saying and how you're saying it is the way that you hold that woman. You, you're you heartbroken for her. And I think that so many of us, we look back and we hate that part of ourselves or we like judge that woman, uh-huh. you know, and the way that you're like holding space for her with love and compassion, I think is also an example of going against the system of like yes. us hating ourselves.
1: Yes. Because we hate ourselves because we live in a system that has taught us to hate ourselves, to, you know, to compete with other women, to compare ourselves to, you know, other women, to Mm -hmm. right the whole thing is designed to keep us small and compliant. Right. (laughs) So, yeah, absolutely. And that's why I call it an act of, of rebellion and revolution. Yeah. So I'm passionate more than anything. I think about toppling all of these systems You know, so every single time I work with a woman and she steps into her most powerful and authentic self, like I, like I explode explode inside, Like I, it makes me so happy because that is my greatest passion really. Right. It's like one woman at a time. We're going to like stop this. Like really? Yeah.
0: (laughs) You know, and I say that to clients too, you know, every time you heal, every time a woman heals, you're not only healing for yourself, you're healing for women, generations, your children, your daughters to come, your, your mother passed, you know, all, you know, you're not just healing for yourself. It's so powerful what you're saying.
1: Exactly, Jen. I mean, and that's, that is the other thing that I, you know, is often it's, it's hard to get women to want to do this for themselves. Like, Mm -hmm. because, because what has them here is a sense that they don't necessarily deserve it. Right. So like, that's a little hard to work against, but as soon as you say, Listen, everything that you're dealing with right now is like in your DNA. You are genetically coded for this. Trauma is, you know, now we have science that backs it up, Yeah. Right? We've got epigenetics that is showing us that trauma is actually mapped in our DNA. And we also have the science that's showing us that we can heal this in one generation. Yeah. It takes one generation. And so everything that we are dealing with right now is stuff that was passed on to us. From our mothers, from our fathers, from generations before us. And we can literally be the ones to stop it in its tracks for our children. Yeah. You know, when we put it like that, women are like, oh, hell yeah. Exactly.
0: Exactly. <laughs>
1: Mama Bear comes up and is like, oh, hell yeah. My, no way my child is going to deal with this.
0: Yeah, exactly. It's like you deal with it or your daughter's going to deal with it or your granddaughter or your grandson.
1: Yep. Right.
0: Mm, so good. So good. So, You know, we are talking today about what you kind of started talking about with your own experience, which is being in that question of, you know, do I stay? Do I go? How do I even make this decision? So I guess let's start with like, you know, the just the common emotions that come up or the common behaviors that come up when you're going through the process of trying to unravel what you should do.
1: Yeah. I think that the, probably the most common emotion that is present is paralysis. Mm. That's not even an emotion, right? It's a, but it's a feeling, right? It, it is, it's yeah. Paralysis. And, it's, and I think there's some panic behind it. I think that it's sort of like you're stuck in idle, right? You really, really are desperate to move forward one way or the other, but you're terrified of either direction,
0: Mm, Yeah.
1: So it's that it's that feeling of being stuck at idle at like a crossroad and just being completely paralyzed about which way to go. There's a lot of fear. And a lot of it is fear of, uh, you know, a huge one is is messing up your kids. Mm -hmm, Right. I mean, that's 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 just one of the biggest. Right. There's fear of like, if I if I do get divorced, what if I don't get to see my kids every day? Like there's there's that whole thing. And then there's just the, like, is it, is it me? Is it him? Do I, if I just work harder or if I bend myself that, you know, there's so much codependency in this. So if I just bend myself into this pretzel, if I just, you know, I, God, I did this. Oh God, I did this for so long. Jen. And again, I like my heart breaks just hearing my voice. When I would talk to my husband, I was trying so hard to be what I thought he wanted Mm. My mom would later comment that when she would hear me on the phone with him, she just didn't know who I was. She could hear me trying on this voice that was not me. Yeah. Just trying to be like emulate the relationships and the the people that were, that that were happy that I thought were happy. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so tragic. And so it's this, it's confusion. It's, panic it's paralysis it's fear it's you know damned if I do damned if I don't how will you know if you've been a stay-at-home mom how will I ever support myself Mm -hmm. oh my god there's so there and there's so much to unpack that that literally what tends to happen right is that there's all these emotional boxes and they're they all need to be unpacked but it's too overwhelming so we just kind of can't we just can't
0: yep exactly (laughs) you're right Yeah. And that overwhelm. I remember because I, you know, I was in this question for a very long time, many years as well, very similar to you. And I remember being so enmeshed in my relationship that I literally wasn't sure I could survive without my partner, that I could even be capable of living, which is, you know, Um, I look back and I'm like, gosh, how like you how how sad you know, just how sad that I thought I couldn't make it in the world,
1: and you know, John, I hear that so often, yeah, in one way or another, right there are I mean, I think that it's I think that we don't express it that eloquently and clearly in the moment, but I hear that sentiment in so many forms every day from women and And that you're right. It's just, it's so heartbreaking. It's so heartbreaking. I don't, I don't want another woman to have to live in that place. Like, I just don't, I hate it for us. I hate it for them.
0: Yeah, no, me too. Me too.
1: I think that's why we do what we do, right? We're like, don't want any woman to have to exist in that place. And, you know, I think you and I do such similar work with women that we actually, we get them out. We help them out and through because we know that there is another side. And like, yes, you can. (laughs) Yes, you can. (laughs) And you
0: can make meaning out of what you've lived, right? Like, it doesn't have to be a wasted experience. It doesn't have to be looked back on as this part of you that you hate. It can actually be, you know, this beautiful launch pad for transformation and empower and just beauty, really.
1: Oh, my God. Yes. 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 For people who are listening, I just want you to really think about for a minute that, you know, <laughs> Jed and I are just, we're just two women, right? And we're just two women who went through exactly this. Yeah. And that if you can find yourself in us, really, like we are not, we're no different from you right. other than the fact that we're, you know, f- a few years down the line, that just if you can find your story and our story, know that where we're at right now is a 100% possible for you. A 100%. Absolutely.
0: Absolutely. I'm so glad you said that because yeah. it's so true. Because
1: you're dealing with, with two women who didn't think they could possibly survive. Yeah. With, right? <laughs> like-
0: exactly.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: So the overwhelm, right? Like you said that, you know, yeah. a little bit before, but what can women do to, cause you have to create some sort of like calmness or clear space to be able to even make a decision. So how can oh, yeah. women even start to do that? Like, what can they do?
1: Yeah. I think the most important thing you can do really is to do the work on yourself. And I really encourage people to not just listen to podcasts. We love that you listen to our podcast. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> We're not saying don't listen to our podcast, Stop. <laughs> stop. Um, but you know, it's not just about listening to podcasts and participating in Facebook groups and, you know, and reading books and all of that. Like it's actually getting on the court and doing the work Yeah. and that might, might feel really overwhelming right now, but I actually think that if you stopped doing everything else and simply focused on yourself, so many pieces are going to fall into place, you know, to get educated and rooted in your most authentic self. Like I said, so like, you know, we talked about that and like, what does it take to actually do that? And, and, you know, being rooted in your most authentic self, whatever, that's coach speak, right? But that's coach speak for building confidence and Mm self-esteem. And there are ways to do this that are based in science, right? Literally based in science. This is the work that that we do as coaches. And so it's not just a matter of like, well, you need to build your confidence. Yeah. (laughs) Thanks for stating the obvious. (laughs) Thanks, lady. (laughs) So how do you do that? And I think working with a therapist, with a coach, you know, in in my programs and I'm sure in yours too, that it's the very first thing that we do is really lay that foundation to clear out all the noise and clutter. You know, I, the very first thing I do with women is do intense work on uh, getting them in touch with their inner guide their inner sense of knowing. Right. Mm-hmm. And that always brings up an inner critic. And the first thing we want to do is shove our inner critic to the side and be like, go away, get out. Right. Yeah. But like, no, there's actually vital information in our critics and in hearing what they're saying, right. We can only be at choice about the voices in our heads when we open our ears to listen to them. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and it's and that's hard, right? It's like, oh. It's hard too because I think
0: sometimes especially when we're in any sort of like painful experience, we forget that, you know, one feeling isn't actually consuming all of us. There's different parts of us. Yes, a part of us might feel, you know, helpless or or sad or whatever, but there's another part of us that might feel you know, empowered or like, I can do this, you know, we can separate that stuff
1: out. That's exactly what it is. It's really a process of separating it out. Yeah. And, you know, I do, I do these great exercises with women about all of the players, right? There's tons of them, right? We all have, like, we have a, maybe like an inner school teacher that's like really punitive or we have an inner diva or we have, right? right. And, and the only way that we get to, really get to know ourselves, right? Because many of us, I th- I'm sure you can relate to this, certainly women who have been in situations like uh, we've described in our past, right? we lost ourselves. Mm-hmm. I didn't know who I was. I didn't know what my favorite color was. Yeah. And so doing this work to separate out all of these different pieces and parts and, and aspects of ourselves is really vital to getting to know who we are.
0: Yeah, I'm so happy you said that. You didn't know what your favorite color was. I, I didn't either. And I would look at my friends who did, who knew like their favorite color or their favorite flower or their favorite smell. And I was like, what? Like, how? Yeah. how? Like, they're, how? they're colors. Like, they're they're all the same, you know? And now I'm like, no.
1: Like, yeah. wow. Exactly. Right. Or like you choose, right? I remember I, I yeah. used to walk down the street with my husband you know looking at restaurants we lived in new york city and we would walk up and down the the streets looking at all the menus and i would never look at the menu i would just stand behind him while he looked because i i don't care i don't know yeah <laughs> you know i had no opinion yeah about what i ate how could I possibly make a choice about my marriage?
0: <laughs> yeah, no, that's so true. That's such a good distinction to make because yeah, if you can't choose dinner, how are you supposed to make this choice?
1: Right, exactly, exactly.
0: So when deciding, so I mean, it's like addressing, you know, the most important thing to address, which you're kind of referring to now is really first and foremost, yourself.
1: Yes, First and foremost, get to know who you are and what you like and what matters to you. You know, in my programs we do, we do work on values. I mean, we do like all of this, right? Because yeah. when you start to see those things more clearly and you get to understand who you are and what what your operating system really looks like, how you're really wired, you can start to see more clearly, well, does this fit with this other person that I've chosen? Yeah. <laughs> or does this is this actually a match? And if it's not, if it is a match, but it's not working, then, okay, what, what needs to get worked on to work on it? Or like, oh my God, this is just so completely not a match. And then it actually kind of takes the heat out of it. Right. Then it's no one's fault. Right. I I love to tell the story about, I have a client who we were doing values work and she discovered that she has a really, really, really strong value around personal development. Right. She was in therapy. Obviously, she was working with me as a coach. Like, obviously, she had a value around personal development. Right. Mm-hmm. She was married to a man who didn't believe in therapy. And he was like, well, you knew who I was when you married me. And this is who I've always been. And I'm not going to change. And even if you take the judgment out of that, yeah, it's just not a good match in terms of values. Yeah. Right. These two people's values, their values just don't align. So, you know, you can, you can even look at that and be like, wow, that, you know, you can get pissed off about it. How can he not believe that and all that? But if you just take that aside, it's like, oh, look, that's oil and that's water. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We're just different people. (laughs) Exactly.
0: Yeah. I remember doing that work and figuring out my values and going, oh, no wonder, because we had no similar values. And totally, I think that's one of the biggest things that I've learned is that's where you need to be aligned. It's not on whether you both like sushi or whether you both enjoy the sunshine. It's are you aligned on your values?
1: Yeah. And by the way, my ex-husband and I are very aligned on our values, ah. right? So it's not the only thing Yeah, why we are. you know, which is why we get along great now as friends. But there are other things that were way, way more, you know, like emotional abuse. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah. Well, (laughs) that'll do it. (laughs) But So yeah, so it's not the only thing, but it it is definitely the place to start for sure. One of the places to start. Yeah, definitely. When I decided to sell
0: my jewelry after my divorce... The most important thing to me was finding a company that I could trust and one that would also advocate for me. I found this and so much more at Worthy. Their expert staff immediately put me at ease and helped me to get the best price possible for my jewelry. Your engagement ring can be a symbol of your freedom, your journey, and the choices you have made to live your life on your terms and create the future you desire. Let us help you get the best deal possible for the jewelry you've outgrown. Go to worthy.com forward slash podcast to learn more. So what would you say are some of the common mistakes that women make when they're kind of going through this process to make this decision?
1: Well, I think one of the biggest mistakes people make isn't focusing entirely on the other person. Yeah. So it's always about, you know, pointing the finger or just being, just being, you know they say put down the magnifying glass and pick up the mirror mm, right so yeah. really we've got to do our own work you know what is our relationship history what do we bring to this what is like we talked about like what is the trauma mapping that's in our in our dna that we're bringing to the table what's our attachment style you know how are we responsible for our own communication the thing that i think is re- so important to kn- to remember is that you know we all know that 50% of first marriages end in divorce but sixty-eight percent of second marriages and seventy-four percent of third marriages also end in divorce, and this is because we keep trading out the person. Yeah. <laughs> right. We keep thinking it's the other person, and we're like, well, let's just get rid of him and get we get a new one, and we're we're still the same. Yeah. And if we don't do that work, we are guaranteed to repeat the patterns over and over and over again. So you can look at the other person and see where it doesn't align and where it doesn't match. But so for example, my, my marriage was definitely emotionally abusive, right? And it wasn't until I did my own work and built my own confidence that I was able to no longer um, show up as a victim for that, Mm. that no longer landed on me. I then became a person who did not accept that rather than being a person who was like, I will not take that. (laughs) Yes, exactly. (laughs) And suddenly I was just not a person who took
0: that anymore. Did it take you a while to even recognize that you were in an emotionally abusive dynamic or did you know? my God.
1: Well, you know, I think I knew... I suspected and I would bring up the word, right? And then he would say like, oh, that's your trump card. You're going to use the A word, you know? And because I thought that if he understood, right, this is so common. If I, if he just understood that he was abusing me, then he would stop.
0: Right. And he'd be so <laughs> sorry and it would all be fixed.
1: Right. Yeah. So not what happens. Yeah. Don't ever call an abuser or an abuser. It doesn't work. But it wasn't really until I was out. Yeah. That I had more of a perspective to see the magnitude of it because there was so much gaslighting. I mean, part of, you know, the the recipe of emotional abuse is, is gaslighting. And so there was so much of me being told that I was the crazy one or that I was the angry one uh, and that I was the problem. And so and I believed it, you know, at at a certain point, I just I was like, okay, I'll just then I'll just try and change in this way. And then I'll just try and change in this way. And it really wasn't until I got out that it became a more way more clear to me what was going on.
0: I think that's common. And I that's why I asked the question, because I think if there's any part of you, you know, if you're listening, and you you suspect, you know, you start to feel like you're crazy, or you start to wonder, is this really me? Like, I think that's common, because I know when I got out, and I finally had some space between the relationship, I was like, oh my gosh, like how it's, it's like the frog in the boiling water, right? It's like,
1: yeah,
0: you just don't realize.
1: You have no idea. I was so in it that it took me after my divorce, it took me two and a half years of watching my ex-husband cheat on everyone that he was with after me. And knowing that he had cheated on everyone before me before I finally realized that he had been cheating on me the whole Mm,
0: time. Yeah. Like
1: I didn't know until I was divorced. And let me tell you, there was every sign imaginable
0: yeah like
1: including people telling me
0: oh, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, yep. <laughs> and
1: I was like, No, 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 you're just misunderstanding or no, no, no. <laughs> you know? and it was like, oh my God,
0: <laughs> yeah, but you know what? that's like what you know what you were saying before about doing the work so that you figure out and become the person who will never. you know, that experience will never land on you again, because you've done the work as opposed to you being a victim of it, because then anyone can cheat on you.
1: Exactly. Exactly, right? Exactly. We're gonna keep attracting that kind of person anyway. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah, I always say I think self responsibility is truly the superpower or the magic pill. Because once you like stand in that space of like, okay, I'm owning my reality and how I showed up. And that's where you can shift, I mean, anything, that's where the power anything, is.
1: Anything, 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 100%. Yeah. So yep. powerful. It really is. It really is. It's the only answer.
0: Yep, I agree. So for women who kind of go through this, like, should I stay or should I go? And they decide to stay. What would be your best advice for them?
1: Um, I would say stay in therapy, stay in couples therapy and individual therapy if you can. You know, really focus on communication. Make sure that your communication is top notch and stellar and you're in constant process with each other, right?
0: Mm-hmm. Don't just
1: be like, oh, good, we're staying. And so everything's fine now. Uh uh-uh. uh. All of it will come back up. I mean, relationships take work relationships take attention and focus. Right. Yeah. And so you want to just stay on top of that in terms of, you know, always be communicating, always be curious, always be asking, how are you, how are you feeling? Right. Always be generous and curious.
0: That's such great advice. I think that that the ability to be able to say what you're feeling and what you need without judgment and and mm-hmm. just and knowing that the other person even if their feelings are hurt can handle that process that and then still show up.
1: Yes, that is the hallmark of a healthy relationship. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Literally, absolutely. So always be doing the work necessary to achieve that.
0: Yeah, to get there.
1: Uh-huh. Yeah.
0: So what about women who make the decision to leave? Best advice for them?
1: Make sure you process everything and and heal your resentments because if you have kids, right, the most important thing that you can do is to keep your kids at the center of every decision that you make. And mm-hmm. the only way that you can do that is by healing your resentments, right? Because the litigation system in the good old US of A uh, really th- sort of thrives on putting kids in the middle of this process because uh, child support, is partially determined by percentage of custody, kids are often in the middle and they're often used as pawns and they can only be used as pawns if your resentment is dictating it, right? If you mm-hmm. still are carrying anger and resentment against this person, you know, a litigator will ignite that even further. And, you know, you really are in danger. It, it, I mean, you're in danger of spending tens of thousands of dollars, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars that you don't need to spend, first of all, -hmm. and really in danger of hurting your kids and having them be in the middle. So the best thing that you can do is to do your own therapy, do your own work, process through all of your pain and anger and heal your resentments. And if at all possible, don't enter into divorce negotiation, until that's, until you've had some time to do that, right? Like we love to jump into it. We're like, I make the decision. Okay. We're getting divorced. Like let's go to court now. Let's get this done. Mm -hmm. Right. I say like, wait, give it time, give it space. There's no rush, separate, go to therapy, hire a coach, do the work and then ease into the process.
0: That's such great advice yeah such great advice just take a beat and get yourself together
1: yep yep there's no rush yeah there really isn't yeah yeah because when you think about
0: that rush that's sort of like I've got to get out If you know just make just make this go away it's really you know almost like a, a protective mechanism right it
1: is absolutely absolutely. Yeah. absolutely totally I mean wouldn't you say didn't you you're like ah get it off get yeah, it off
0: yeah like- totally yeah, I mean I jumped right in. I was like, we gotta do this like yesterday, <laughs> right? Like <laughs> right.
1: exactly, exactly. Yeah. I remember it was like a year later, and my ex and I were like, we should probably do something about this. <laughs> you know? like, right. And that was not intentional. It was just like, oh, we were dealing with everything else and um and we were fine. You know, once we decided to separate, we were great. I mean, that's the sort of the the dirty little secret about my divorce is that, you know, we had this horrible, horrible, horrible marriage. And once we decided to stop trying to get our emotional needs met from each other, (laughs) once we stopped trying to change each other, we were great. We had a great divorce because we were like, whew, all right.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So another example of what's possible. You just never know. You never know what it's going to look like after you make the decision to to transition your relationship. Absolutely. So good. So, so good. Thank you for being here. Our time just kind of flew by.
1: I know. <laughs> I know. I'm so happy to talk to you. It's I
0: great. know. Me too. So how can our listeners follow up with you after today?
1: Well, so there are a few, there are a few ways. Um, I have a Facebook group, which if you search Facebook for, should I stay or should I go? <laughs> that's <laughs> me. And, uh, you know, it's very much actually like the Worthy group, which I love. Um, and I'm in there too. But I'm also, I'm actively in my Facebook group. I'm actually actively like answering questions. And
0: Oh, that's great.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So it's a support group, but it's also a learning center. And then I have, you know, I've got online programs that I have an online program called Should I Stay or Should I Go? (laughs) I love it. And it's very accessible. It's very, you know, financially, it's very accessible. And I also have a podcast, which I think you probably mentioned in the intro. But my podcast is the Divorce Survival Guide podcast. So go and follow along on there. And uh, Jen's going to be on my podcast in a few weeks. I am. (laughs) I can't wait yeah me too i'm excited yeah i get to
0: talk to you more yay
1: Yay.
0: (laughs) well awesome everybody who's listening please go follow kate i mean you really are you're just an example of what's possible you're a wealth of wisdom and your heart is just so big and expansive i can feel you i mean we're we're kind of across the country from each other and and i can feel you over here so thank you thank you so
1: much Thank you. Thank you. I love it. I just love being in communication and partnership with other women who are doing this work. Yeah. It's just nothing makes me happier. Yeah. We're so powerful when we come together. We sure are.
0: Make sure you subscribe so you can catch every new episode of Divorce and other things you can handle in your weekly feed. If you like what you hear, rate and review us to help other women like you find us. This podcast is for you, so email us at at podcastatworthy.com with any questions or ideas that you may have. We look forward to hearing from you.